Welcome to the experience. Sharing insights into the future of customer and employee experiences with Avaya. Welcome back to another episode of The Experience, brought to you by Avaya, where we're bringing you thought-provoking conversations with industry leaders, technologists, creators, influencers, and others who are bringing to life the future of experiences. I'm Steve Workham, and on the show today, we have the Global Vice President of Product Management at Avaya, Karen Hardy, and the founder and principal analyst at ZK Research, Zayas Caravalla. Karen and Zayas are with us today to talk all about transitioning to the new world of hybrid work and how it's changed the way that we operate today and into the future. Karen, Zayas, welcome to the experience. Thanks, Steve. It's great to be here. You know, it's very clear that the way that people communicate and collaborate have changed dramatically. I mean, everything in our life has changed dramatically, the way that we shop, the way that we eat, the way that we work. And, you know, across a wide range of sectors and models of work have changed, but many have significantly been disrupted. You know, what are some of the biggest changes that you both have observed? Well, I think the big one is just everything's become digital, right? And that and that's a big change. And it's allowed companies to drive innovation and changes faster. If you think about an in-store experience before, you'd have to... Uh, you know, go to the store and physically rebuild things. Now that retailers are digital, they're able to actually drive more innovation to finish products, which is something that they couldn't they couldn't for. In fact, I was listening to one of the CEOs, of the car manufacturers, talk about this, where uh, the shift to EV is really more about the digitization of the auto industry versus actually the electric vehicle itself. And for the he was talking about how the first time ever they're able to drive innovation to finished products, right? Which is unheard of in that industry. And so I, I think that to me is the big change is now everything's digital, everything's delivered from the cloud. And so uh, retailers, healthcare institutions, you know, schools, whoever can make changes on the fly and deliver better and better experiences instead of having to wait through these long cycles where we had to before. I agree. I, I, I think everything's changed in terms of work, remote work, how we access information, needs to be on a timely manner. And essentially, in terms of the, the skills and, and environments, we, we need to be very flexible. You look at IT teams today, they're very much understaffed, they're overwhelmed, there's lots of asks by the end users, and they really are looking for better than ever ways to communicate and collaborate. So they need access very quickly, and be able to build out what's needed at any given moment. So cloud, access to digital, and the way that customers interact need to all be combined. Yeah, in fact, Karen, I think one of the undertold aspects of the pandemic itself, we, we're, we all talk about the impact of the worker and the, and the customers, but nobody ever talks about the impact of the IT pro, right? And the IT pro's job has changed significantly. They're expected to do things faster. They're expected to do things more efficiently with fewer errors and be able to roll things out that the, the business wants to change. And we really couldn't do that the old way, right? And I think that's why there's been this big pivot to the cloud and to more modernized cloud technologies, microservices-based solutions, things like that. Because for the first time ever, I think IT can actually keep up with the pace of the business. Yeah, and I think what you're describing is cloud three. Because the cloud is no longer a destination, it's a toolkit that you can use to solve problem by problem instead of trying to kind of 
find the right platform that has the right feature for this moment, but then what happens tomorrow when everything changes? Yeah, that's, that's one of the more misunderstood points of, of the cloud, I think. The, the cloud has actually continually evolved since we had the cloud. If you think of the early days, the cloud was nothing really more than hosted services, right? And then we went to these big centralized clouds, which is what most people think of as cloud today. I think what you're referring to, Steve, with cloud three is, is actually this fully modernized cloud architecture where we're able to distribute applications and data across multiple clouds, edge locations, things like that. And that is going to have just a profound impact on innovation. So if you think we've had lots of innovation over the last five years, just wait for the next five years. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So when it comes to this new world of hybrid work, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've personally faced and that you're seeing in the marketplace? I think the biggest one for companies, Steve, is they, they just don't know what to do. Everybody understands that we're going to go into this model of hybrid work. And what does that mean? I think from a business perspective, you got to be prepared for a scenario where everyone's in the office, no one's in the office, and every possible combination in between. And even within that, you've got to allow people in these hybrid modes to be able to communicate and collaborate as if they were you know, together. And I think from just the overall product productivity standpoint, if everybody's in the office, or everyone's remote, that works. It's this hybrid model that doesn't work. And I think that to me is where a lot of businesses are struggling with. How do I put this together? What should my office look like? What kind of tools should I use? Right. And, I, and for that reason, I've actually on a record saying, I think the first wave of hybrid work, I think will be a disaster as we go through this learning phase uh, of trying to figure out exactly what to do and how to do it. I think we have to I think businesses are having to reimagine their experiences and not only for their customers, but for their employees as well. And you think about during the pandemic, all of the workers were pretty much remote and understanding what that feeling was like for, for those employees, especially in the, in the contact center and providing customer experiences across financial services, airlines, healthcare. So the technologies had to, had to change for, for remote. And as we're moving to more hybrid experiences, you want that consistency to be across that customer experience uh, as well as the employee's experience as well. I think one of the things you're touching on there, Karen, is the fact that you know, for, for folks like us, right, I'm not worried about Steve Forkham working remotely. I can give him whatever set of tools and he's going to be. But when we send everybody home during the pandemic, we, we took a bunch of people that had never worked remotely before. Right. You mentioned contact center agents, thinking inside salespeople, you know, folks like that have just didn't really understand the process of working from home. They couldn't really troubleshoot their VPN issues if they had one. Right. So I think in that case, these systems that we use had to become significantly better from a user experience standpoint. And the management tools we use had to change as well, because I can't walk around in a contact center listening to calls. Right. You know, I have to go visit everybody at their house, I suppose. So I think from from that standpoint, that that average worker that doesn't work remote and the managers, those tools really had to really evolve in order to facilitate this world of hybrid work. Yeah, security had to change how the tools, the access tools for those remote workforce video comes in. I mean, there's an element of how we can change how video is used. Agents that are at home can have access to other agents, can immediately contact supervisors, can have that face-to-face conversation offline. It doesn't all have to be about the, the customer. So we, we've had to retool the technology and use them in different ways than ever before. Yeah, I think one of the challenges with hybrid work moving forward, to your point, Zayas, is how do I just make it work? 
right? Not remote work, not in-person work. It's just work. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. Everybody's an equal participant. But the technology alone isn't going to be the answer to that. It's going to also require a lot of work on the on the employee side to make sure that we're treating the remote employees just as equally as we are treating the people in house in the room. Side discussions and whatnot can easily become a challenge. So But this is where the technology does need to evolve, right? We do need to allow for sidebar discussions. We need the data in the collaboration tools to be able to tell managers who's participating and who isn't. And then if you see somebody who attends a lot of meetings but never participates, maybe they don't feel comfortable or they never turn their video camera on and things like that. So you know, tools like, you know, Avaya Spaces and things, I know they gather a tremendous amount of data. It's now taking that data, making an employee facing it, making a manager facing to be able to help people along this journey. Because it is a different way of working. And I think sometimes as mobile professionals ourselves, we underestimate, you know, what that challenge is like for people that aren't comfortable with that model. And you think about things like noise removal. I mean, that's that's a very impactful element of remote work and hybrid work. So you can set up anywhere and have that consistent experience. AI, how you can bring that in, in immersive experience. And also transcription, how you can bring transcription into play to ensure that that, that end-to-end is, is built out. Yeah, and I think you hit on, both hit on something really important is the use of AI is just scratching the surface on collaboration. We think of it a lot of times in the contact center, but if I can use AI to, you know, provide analytics back to our corporate DEI officers around who's speaking, who's participating in these meetings, are we getting uh, equal representation, and then to provide live coaching. So if Karen's tried to chime in on a point three times and I keep talking over her, if AI could, you know, helpfully say to me, hey, Steve, Karen has a point she's trying to make, give her a chance, that could potentially change the game for collaboration. Yeah, there's a meeting life cycle, right? There's, there's the pre-meeting stuff you do, there's during the meeting, there's post-meeting. And I think AI to date has done a good job of facilitating in-meeting experiences. So, you know, Karen, you mentioned uh, you know, noise removal. We have virtual backgrounds now, so, you, you, you know, you can make it look like you're in the office. But I think the next evolutionary step for AI is to help us with the meeting prep right? Review what people said before, understand what your to-dos were, but then also, Steve, on the post-meeting side, um, tell me how that meeting went. Did one person dominate it? Did this person for the fourth meeting in a row not say anything? Did Steve Forkham continually cut off Karen Harding, right? That sort of thing. And so- I would never do that to Karen. (laughs) From a a manager coaching post-meeting follow-up, I think that's that's where AI has to go next. It has to address the entire meeting cycle, not just the in-meeting experience where where much of the the innovation has been today. I would love to have those meeting reminders. You know, sometimes you go into meetings and you're spending 10, 15 minutes doing recaps. Um, And also meetings at the end, maybe doing a survey, right? And understanding the feedback from, from that particular meeting. So there's many ways in which we look at the contact center best practices today and can bring those across the entire enterprise. I mean, those kinds of experiences can all be built now. And I think it's it's about rethinking, reimagining how technology can be used because it's so open. And, you know, our our experience builders is enabling that for for developers, for IT, for our customers, our partners to, to really reimagine those use cases. Yeah, to me, the, the value that experience builders brings is it shows us what's possible, 
right? Right now we're in a bit of a phase where, you know, I remember the early days, this will date me, I suppose, but the early days of Windows computers, nobody really knew what to run in a Windows computer, right? And But then once the innovation engine started, you know, we saw the advent of the browser and all the, the app space just took off, right? I think in this hybrid work world and these digital experiences we have, it's tough to reimagine work if you really can't understand what's possible. And I think what Experience the Builders does is it shows everybody what is possible. We can take those ideas, we can build off them, we can extend them to other industries. Right? And that, to me, is the, the exciting thing with Experience Builders because it is a showcase of what's possible and what's coming. Yeah, it allows you to start coloring outside of the lines. Yeah. It feels like right now everybody's still staying within the lines of what does remote work look like? What does remote meetings require? And being able to kind of start to color outside of those lines opens your eyes well, to. Well, this is just the the evolution of technology, and I've always said this that whenever we invite invent something new, we want to make it look like the old because it gives us comfort. Hmm. And then eventually we figure out what the new can do. So even if you think back to the early days of voice over IP, what did we do? We took out PBXs and put on IPBXs. Then some smart person figured out, hey, I can forage a dial around the globe, right? And all of a sudden, had these new capabilities. Right? When server virtualization came around, what did we do? We replaced physical servers with virtual servers. Then some smart person figured out, I can put these things in motion and do things I couldn't do before. Right. So now that collaborations become fully digitized, what are those things I can do that I could never do before? Right. And I know one of your partners, Toolwire, has completely changed education. It's not about having everybody attend on a video call. It's about making education immersive. It's about being able to share content, things like that. And so there are snippets of that in the Experience Builders program. And it's going to be great to see what that program looks like in a couple of years. So we've talked a lot about what we think is broken or you know not working with hybrid work. What are some of your favorite aspects of hybrid work? What are some of the things that you've observed over the last couple of years that you want some more of? Um, I, I think just more AI. I, I think what AI has done is it's allowed us to be smarter, less manually intensive. I think historically with collaboration tools, we've made the person the integration point for the technology. And generally, that is a recipe for disaster, right? Because, in fact, I, I read a study somewhere uh, that said people spend 40% of their time managing work. Right. That's an awful. I think, you know, we all feel, feel that. Right. So that's an awful big chunk of time uh, doing that. So AI to me, what AI is, is like if you had that personal assistant that followed you everywhere, could whisper in your ear. Hey, Steve Forkham, you met him three weeks ago. He said these things to you. Right. If AI can replace, you know, can give everybody that aspect of having that personal assistant, that that, that would be fantastic. But it, ideally. What AI does is that we shouldn't think about it. It should just be built into these things, make things easier to use. And, and, I, and I think we've, we've come a long way in a very short period of time. That's why I'm really excited about the impact that AI is going to have. Yeah, I mean, we've got our own personal experiences. So today we're at the Customer Experience Center here in New York. And we have customers who still come into our Customer Experience Center. They see demonstrations. They spend time with our executives. And also, at the same time, we're able to provide that same experience remotely as well. And so I think our, our own personal experiences are, are building out to this hybrid way, but also across verticals as well. We're seeing a lot of ways in which, from a healthcare perspective, you've got the medical field who are out being able to do video chat. You've got banking that's completely changed, airlines where they're looking to manage staff differently. And I think all of this has really opened up all the possibilities in which you can use AI, you can use digital in, in a very different way. Yeah, I think the other aspect of this too is just 
making everywhere that you go, you know, in an office building, a collaborative workspace. I think historically when we collaborate, we went into rooms or huddle rooms, things like that. But there's no reason why if you're sitting in a cafeteria, especially with all the technology we have today with noise blocking things, you couldn't just start up a video session with somebody sitting across the table from you in a noisy cafeteria. That would work fine. And I know Avaya is one of the few companies that still makes its own devices, right? The variety and types of devices we have will optimize those experiences based on where we are. So I think companies really need to think about that, that no matter where you are, that could be a collaborative space you know, because you run into somebody and you want to do some work, right? And so that's the, another way I'd like to see more of. Yeah, and I think what's critical, if you, if you look at verticals, banks, airlines, healthcare, they've got to start thinking about that consistent brand experience. So ensuring that whether the employee is remote, there's a way in which there is that brand being built out. You know, I think both of you just hit on something important, and that is a lot of these discussions veer towards the customer side of the equation. And over time, it feels like we've over-rotated on serving the customer with, you know, innovation on digital tools that are customer side, uh, looking at the customer journey, adopting next generation customer metrics like net promoter score. But in today's tight labor market, the employees are just as important of a constituency. And a lot of times they've been ignored and that's becoming uh, a risk to businesses because if you're not treating your employees as an equal constituency in your total experience strategy, you're going to have a lot of churn. You're going to have a lot of challenge keeping employees. And the flexibility of where I work is just as important as the work that I do. I put a picture out on LinkedIn a couple of days ago that I was working from a Starbucks. And, you know, I, I said, work is something I do, not somewhere I go now. And that was really resonated with a lot of people there. And it really is important to me. I'm glad you brought that up because you can't deliver a great CX without a great employee experience. And we are in the midst of this thing called the great resignation. And I think the projections are 55% of U.S. workers will actually change jobs this year. This isn't about offering the most money anymore. I think I saw a study 62% of employees said they would give up more money in favor of being able to work remotely, right? But I think even beyond that, Employees want to go to a company where they know they can be successful, whether it's a contact center agent, a salesperson, but that requires the right tools. If we're giving workers tools where they're the integration point for the technology, they're spending 40% of the time managing work, guess what? They're not going to be successful. You may be able to hire that person, but you're not not going to be able to keep that person. So the tools we give workers are going to have a significant impact on our ability to hire people, but then also retain them for the long term. I agree. I mean, I think having the tools at their fingertips, ensuring that it's consistent, they've got the flexibility to work from anywhere, as well as making sure that they're empowered. I think the empowerment and then the reward of being empowered is ever more important. If you're interacting with a customer and you don't have the information at your fingertips, it becomes very difficult. Yeah, and I think when I talk to customers, a lot of times, what I one of the things I reinforce a lot is you have to have a relentless focus on the customer and the tools that you're putting in front of your customer and the journey that you put them through. But you also have to have just as much of a relentless focus on the tools that you're putting in front of your employees. A lot of times, the employee consideration is when you're thinking about a new platform or thinking about a new um, you know, solution that you're deploying, but you've got to be thinking about that every day. What tools are my employees using? Which ones are getting in the way of them delivering a, uh, not only a great customer experience, but um, creating frustration or friction in what they do? 
And, you know, that to me is the great battlefield for, you know, the businesses of today is looking at how much am I frustrating my employees and how do I serve them just as effectively as I serve the customer? Well, this is why there's so much shadow IT, right? I, I think I think often IT pros make decisions based on where they can get license bundles, what the price is, things like that. And they don't really think about the user, right? And I've always used this analogy. If you remember the original Jurassic Park movie where the scientists said life finds a way. Yep. Because what users find a way. If they don't like the tools you give them, they're going to find a way to work around that by using consumer tools. And that puts a lot of risk on the business. Not only are you spending more money, but you might be keeping documents at unsecured places using tools you don't want employees to use. And so if you don't provide employees with the, the best tools, they're going to go find their own. And that's a big problem for companies today. You still got to assess those employees and you've got to understand what they are skilled what they are good at doing. I mean, if you look at the airline, airlines have still got those premium customers that, that need to be served, that need to be provided with the best experience. You've got frustrated customers who've lost their baggage. You, you need employees that are able to handle baggage claims and frustrated customers or customers who have been disrupted from a flight cancellation. So those qualities, those skills are, are all important and bringing in the human element of the employee, what they can provide, the empathy that they can give are tools that need to be supported so that you can quickly bring in the right set of resources with the qualities that you need for your brand. So, you know, at Avaya, we're helping customers because we've been one of the leading providers of this next generation of a solution, the composable enterprise solutions that are platforms, not products, right? You mentioned Toolwire with uh, Clemson University. The ability to take the platform and compose it on a curriculum by curriculum basis, because each teacher's curriculum is different and each teacher has different needs to educate their students. So what do you see in the marketplace? Where do you see the value and where do you see innovation changing the way that we communicate and work? Well, you know, I, I think first of all, let's take a level setting here, what the composable means. I think, uh, you know, historically, if you wanted a new application or a new experience, you went to a developer. Then you waited the three months for the developer to say they can't do that. Then you waited three more months for them to start the project, and maybe a year later you got the application, right? And I'm not saying no role for developers. Obviously, there's a lot of work they still have to do. But I think the concept of composability is I can use application components through low-code, no-code interfaces. I can have multiple companies come together and actually compose a solution very quickly by starting with something maybe that, uh, in fact, Toolwire is a great example of that, right? It's, they have a basic yeah, a foundational platform that you can then create a customer experience on top of. And so I think from a, a roadmap perspective, if you look, I think We'll be able to take tools, something like Spaces, right, and be able to compose it in a way that it's optimized for healthcare or the legal system or education, right? Because the use of those things in those different verticals is different, right? It's You can't use the same application for all those industries. But I think we're getting to that point now where through the, these composable frameworks that we have, being able to actually create unique customer experiences almost on an individual basis if we want, but certainly at a vertical level. So Avaya's one cloud platform has, has really stepped up and allowed us to take advantage of, of the capabilities to open up with experience builders and enable third-party integrations much easier, 
faster and, and more dynamic. And whether that's in the contact center or, or across the enterprise. So it, it's really creating a way in which you can start to look at use cases and really solve those quickly and go back at those use cases and monitor them and then allow those use cases to be changed quickly as things change in the marketplace. We all know that we are expecting constant change now and nothing's going back to how it was prior to the pandemic. So we've got the the stepping stones now to be able to do that. Change the content and it's faster. It's faster than ever before. Yeah. And I think that the era of choosing a platform and then the business processes having to compromise around the limitations of that platform are, are they're gone. You know, in today's world, the platform has to wrap around the business process entirely. As Steve Jobs used to say, you start with the, the human element, you work back into the technology. And for years in the business space, we, we went the opposite. We started with the technology and then we worked our way back into the business. That's why consumer applications and devices are so popular in the workplace today, right? Because yeah. they do deliver better experiences. Exactly. So, you know, as we look to the future, and I'll ask both of you to pull out your uh, crystal balls and forecast a little bit, what high-level insights as to innovation do you see coming over the next couple of years at Avaya or within the cloud industry in general? Yeah, I think there's a, a number of elements. The first one is just the cloud three, as you called it, which I call distributed cloud. I, I think that is going to be a big change agent for innovation because uh, historically, if you think what cloud is today, it's really just a centralized model. Right? Whether I put it in AWS or Azure or whatever, it's just a centralized compute model. With distributed cloud, now I can put application components, I can put data, I can put even AP, down all the way down to APIs in different locations. And so if I want to be able to use a video service from Avaya, I can grab that and plug that in with the location service from Google. This distributed cloud nature allows me to quickly use best-of-breed components to build an application really quickly. I think also a lot of the wireless technologies like private 5G, I think allow us to extend connectivity to places we couldn't before. And then I also think that IoT is coming in. And I talked to one company that built out a hybrid workspace. They have more IoT devices connected to the network than OT devices. And I think there is an element of having these IoT devices be able to talk to people and vice versa to be able to alert us on things. And so all these things are you know, coming together kind of like in a perfect storm. And I think you're going to see a big wave of innovation come, which is going to be, it, to me, it's a lot like what we saw when the internet was born, right? It completely changed the way we did business and the way we lived. And I think this next wave driven by cloud 3.0 is actually going to have a similar impact. And I think as businesses see how much flexibility they now have on creating their own experiences using composable innovation and cloud-based technology, we're going to see what happened with the iPhone, we're going to see what happened with the App Store, the ability to really start to take advantage of agile, flexible communications and collaboration, pick and choose your applications, bring those together. I see this happening very quickly. And so if you look at the healthcare, banking, government, education, travel industries, they're all going to change and they're all changing quickly as we speak, but they can continue and take advantage of this rapid innovation that they can now do. Yeah, which is good because some of those industries haven't changed at all. And especially healthcare, right? I mean, that model hadn't changed at all in like 50, 60 years. So it's good to see a lot of innovation driven there. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, I want to thank both Karen and Zayas for joining us today on the experience. I think this is a fascinating discussion and I could go for hours talking to both of you. So I want to uh, just say thank you and uh, 
any last thoughts or anything you want to add? No, I just think that for IT pros out there and business leaders, keep your mind open, right? Rethink. Don't don't try and uh, incrementally change a process. You want to create a step function in value, right? And that sometimes that means completely re- rethinking a process. Start with a blank sheet of paper and think, if I could start today, what would this process look like, right? So, and I, I think that's hard for companies to do, but I think it's it's also necessary. Yeah, it is thinking outside of the box. I, I think it is about business and technology coming together, being willing to brainstorm, come up with ideas, start small and then build out. And I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of our customers today as they're going through their transformations. They're looking at one particular business problem and then building it out. Great. Thank you, Steve. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks. Thanks again to Karen and Zayas for coming on the show and talking about transitioning to this new world of hybrid work. If you're enjoying this, please be sure to rate the show and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your host, Steve Forkham, and this has been The Experience, where we share insights into the future of customer and employee experiences.